We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which the Sound as Ever podcast was made, the people of the Eastern Kulin Nations, and pay our respects to their ancestors and elders, past, present and future, and through them to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome to Sound as Ever, an Australian Music Vault podcast created by music industry, journalism and sound design students at RMIT University. Few Australian songs become ubiquitous and even fewer able to simultaneously reach the heights of mainstream success and maintain a message delivered with conviction. My People by the Presets is undoubtedly one of those songs, and its impact has revealed itself over the years since its release. In this episode of Sound as Ever, we want to explore some of that impact. We were lucky enough to speak to Julian Hamilton, the lead vocalist and main songwriter of the Presets, to gain some insight into his own thoughts about My People and its intended meanings. Along with Julian, we spoke with Miff Warhurst, one of Australia's foremost radio personalities and a champion of local music. We also spoke to Greetings, a rising electronic music producer and DJ from Melbourne. Because it wasn't gentle and it wasn't soft, but there was something that really, really drew you in. Oh, I, I remember it coming on on Rage at the time on a Saturday morning, hearing it for the first time. That was probably the first time I ever heard electronic music. Huge energy and something so different, especially with those howling vocals at the side. It's just so wild and so different when I first heard it. It didn't feel of its time. My People by Sydney electronic music duo The Presets was released in late 2007 as a lead single to their second studio album, Apocalypso. The song was extremely successful locally, reaching number 14 and staying in the ARIA singles chart for a record-breaking 76 weeks, the longest an Australian single has spent consecutively on the chart. Well, I was very, very happy. Um, yeah, it's always nice when people like what you do, and that song really kind of touched a nerve and, and really sort of caught fire here in Australia. It sort of got bigger and bigger and bigger, and... For a while, they couldn't even really get away from it. The presets were instrumental in legitimizing local dance music to a new generation, and are considered forerunners to the huge number of electronic producers and artists that have emerged from Australia since the late 2000s. It was pretty special and probably very individual at the time for Australian dance music. I don't think there was much, um, you know, this more harder electronic sound. The presets kind of let the floodgates open for more experimental sounds and, uh, yeah, really opened it up for for more Australian acts. If you just look at Triple J in the last couple of years, there's so much more electronic music coming through and that's kind of the kingpin for Australian music right now. So it's good to see that what they've done is allowed so much more electronic stuff to come through. It was edgy. It was heavier. It was quite, it was almost industrial, I think you could say. And there was that real kind of grinding sense of purpose and it really completely stood out from so many other songs at that time. There there really was nothing that sounded quite like it. And I think that's why this song by The Presets is considered to be a classic now, is because it sounds just as good now as it did then. 
While the song has become a party anthem for many Australians, there is a largely undiscussed message within its lyrics, inspired by the Australian government's immigration policies and treatment of refugees in the 2000s. Lyrics make clear references to boat people, soldiers on the waterfront, and an idealistic life in Australia, but maintain that there is a need for us to work together in changing the conditions for those seeking asylum here. The chorus ends with the line, so let me hear you scream if you're with me. We write songs about lots of different things. Sometimes they're things about our, our real life, you know, and, and, and sometimes they're this kind of fictional you know, stories about other characters, you know. And you can write songs about all sorts of things, about falling in love or breaking up or partying or, you know, the usual sort of stuff. Well, the main reason I wanted to write it, as I guess, as a songwriter, it was just something that was on my mind and it was something I wanted to say. There's only so many songs you can write about going out and partying or, you know, trying to pick up girls, and everyone's written those songs. I wanted to try something a bit different. I guess I've been traveling around a lot overseas and especially in Europe as a band and people from time to time would ask me about Australia and they would ask me about the immigration policies back home and they'd ask me about, you know, John Howard's um, policies against, you know, dealing with boat people and that kind of thing and that made me feel a little bit embarrassed or a bit ashamed, I guess, at the time, you know, and I wanted to... I guess go on record, you know, and just sort of state how I felt about it. And I felt like the best way to do that, you know, that was before Twitter and before Instagram and before all that sort of stuff, was just write a song about it. So that was just a, a way that I wanted to use songwriting is to go, yeah, just to go on record and, and state my views. I didn't know there was a political message uh, at all. I mean, if I knew, I'd probably want to be invested more. I'm going to probably look up now what it all means. To be honest, I wasn't aware of the political message at the time. That's something I learnt about afterwards. And I think that was the cleverness of my people. And, and what the presets did was get you in on the basis of a good time and an absolutely banging dance track. And then <laughs> you'd have to listen for what they were on about. It was almost as if they were doing what other dance songs were doing at the time, which is like, aren't we all having a great time? We're all partying with our people. That's exactly what they were saying. But what they were saying underlying that was far more political and far more scathing at a time when there was so much discussion about uh, refugees and our treatment of refugees here in Australia. And I think once you learnt that message, it, it was almost as if they were having a bit of a joke in a way, how we, we sort of laugh and dance along while there's all this dark stuff happening in our own society. And it was a real wake-up call. Because a lot of people would be going out having parties and dancing and getting drunk to this and not yeah. really questioning it all, like like I have. I've, I've had many a party dancing to this. I don't think at the time anyone really made any big deal about the message in the lyric. certainly don't remember anyone, sort of, anyone from the record label or the management marketing it as, you know, this big sort of political, socio-conscious sort of anthem, you know what I mean? It was, it was almost like the song kind of had a life of its own, to be really honest with you. You know, we started playing it at our shows and fans really got into it at the shows and then Triple J started playing it a lot and it took on a life of its own and the commercial radio started playing it. And I don't remember many, many months into the piece, people even asking about what the lyrics were about. You know what I mean? Everyone was just jumping around to this kind of party anthem. No one even really asked the question. Even Kim didn't really ask the question of my partner in the band what the song was about until it had already been released. You know, so, I mean, it wasn't sort of made such a big deal of when the song came out, and it certainly wasn't marketed that way. But I guess over time it has become known as this song with a, with a, a, a message beyond just um, partying and having a good time.
Mm. Well, it's interesting. I, I found when I've been playing music with a lot more lyrical bass in it, mm. I get a lot more engagement with um, audiences. But I mean, they, they generally don't listen to the actual take notice of the actual content. Yeah. They just like hearing vocals and sounds, but yeah. never really like taking too much into it. And that's cool too. I mean, I certainly, I, we, I also wanted to make a song about a party and a good time. I didn't want to sort of ram the message down people's throats too much by saying, you know, there's this issue with both people and, and the way the government is treating them. And I think it's really bad. You know, I didn't want to write lyrics that made it too explicit. Um, I think when people are jumping around on the dance floor listening to a song, they want to be able to enjoy it without necessarily having a, a political message rammed down their throats too much, you know. So I guess I tried to sort of disguise it a little bit in a party anthem, if that makes any sense. You know, have a message in there that people that wanted to dive deeper, um, but not sort of go too heavy on the, on the rhetoric, you know, let the fans enjoy a bit of a, a jump-around song too. I love that they entice you in with mm-hmm. this banger of a tune and, yeah. and, you know, it feels like, a good time, although it's a little bit menacing. So you realise that there's something more in there. It's not easy listening by any means. And I, I kind of love that. It's a good time, but a little bit menacing. And then when the message kicks in and you realise what it's about, it, it makes it sort of triply powerful. But it's funny, like in the middle of the song, I say, um, and it feels so good, and it feels so good, it feels so good, and it feels so good. And I remember a friend of mine, a musician, a rapper, just pulling me aside one night and saying, hey, I love the song, like people do. Why do you say it feels so good? It feels so good. It surely shouldn't be that. It's about these poor boat people, poor asylum seekers, you know. And I said, oh, look, man, like, the message is in the verses, the message is in the song, and it's a solidarity in the music, but I couldn't really like in the breakdown, you know, and it feels so bad, and it feels so bad. It wouldn't have uh, had the same feeling in the song. I don't know. I guess I tried to have a foot in each camp when I finished the, the song off. But, yeah, that's the only time anyone's ever sort of pulled me up and really asked me, in depth about the particular lyrics. I wasn't really even trying to make a difference, try and change like a government attitude or anything like that. Um, I was really at the time just wanted to write a song about something that I felt. And if any of that other stuff happens after that, then great. I think the message might have got across to some bands, but it certainly didn't get across to um, you know, anyone who can make any real difference. Whether or not the message would have put people off or brought them on board, I don't know. How people react to music is how they react, whether or not they choose to look into it. But I think if you have any understanding of what the precepts are about, it it would become fairly obvious, I think, if you drilled down and looked at the words. But I'm sure there's people that have have missed the message. I'm sure that happens because that happens all the time. I mean, Kim and I, even, from time to time, we have opposing views about certain things. You know what I mean? We're not even, we don't even have a united view on, on many issues just the two of us in the band. So I guess it might be a bit much to expect all our fans to kind of agree with what we, what our message is or what our, what our beliefs are. I guess that was made really clear to us when um, we had a bit of a Facebook blow-up a few years back where, where Kim was writing some things about the Bali Nine, the Bali um, drug smugglers, and he wrote a couple of comments just saying, um, you know, feeling for the parents of the drug smugglers now who are about to be executed, you know, what a terrible thing. And, and a lot of people wrote back on Facebook saying, fucked in, they deserve it, you know, all the stuff that we don't agree with. So I guess we learned the hard way that, you know, our fans might love our music, but they don't always necessarily share our beliefs on everything, you know, which is, which is fine. In 2001, 
the Howard government refused asylum to 433 rescued Afghan refugees aboard a Norwegian container ship. This became known as the Tampa Affair, sparking international controversy and acted as the catalyst for the development of the Pacific Solution, in which asylum seekers are sent to offshore detention centres for processing, rather than gaining entry to mainland Australia. This topic is hotly debated among the Australian public. Many more people now disagree with current immigration policy and hope for change. The message of my people may not have been widely publicised at the time of the release, but the song is still extremely relevant to the issue Australia faces. For me, I guess at the time I wrote the song, um, it was very vital for me to write it. I really had an urge to write it and get that message, like I said, on record. And I really had a fire in me to get it out. Um, And I guess it is still just as relevant today as it was back then. Um, but to be honest, I, I, I feel over the years, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to maintain the rage. You know, um, I, I feel about the, the issue of the way the government is treating asylum seekers. Um, they're still treating them terribly, um, and it makes me really upset. Um, but you, I find that over it's been over a decade now, and it's still pertinent. Um, and yeah, it's 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 very very. I feel I think you get a bit worn down, um, and you almost feel a little bit defeated when you see the way the politicians kind of um, framing the issue. I think the song is just as pertinent today, but um, it's it's almost depressing. It's even more depressing today because it's it's. Uh, I feel a little bit more helpless than even I did back than I did ten years ago when the song was first written. As of January 31st, 2019, there are 1,269 people in offshore sites and the average length of detention is 500 days. The current rhetoric around immigration is very similar between both major political parties, with both favouring a hard border and detention of refugees arriving by boat. Since My People's release, the presets have cemented themselves as the most important electronic act to emerge from Australia and have continued to push the genre forward and challenge their audiences. Their influence looms large over the current generation of Aussie musicians. My People Stands Alone is one of the greatest Australian songs ever released, and its message is still one that needs to be heard in this country. Yeah, it's funny. No one really, like I said, no one really asked any questions. We just sort of put the song out. Everyone thought it was fire and it was really rocked, and the fans were loving it. So, you know, they just went for it, and I'm, I'm, yeah, and I'm glad they did. It's aged so well. It it it's the, and I think when you know the inspiration for the lyrics behind it, which is really, um, it's a song about. Well, it's a song that's written as a protest. Um, it's a protest song about, about refugees and shutting people out and creating your own little silos, protective silos, so you don't have to deal with other people. I think when you think about that message that's in the song, as well as the sound of it, the, the, the sentiment means that it feels just as relevant today. Yeah, I mean, just, I'm just pleased that sort of people are still interested in the song after all these years and, um, you know, it's just one of those songs that's kind of stuck around and, um, you know, it's it's it's, uh, it's not lost on me. It's a real... Um, it does mean a lot that people still care about the tune and, and people still care about the lyrics and people still, you know, like to jump around to it at, at house parties too, you know, it's... Uh, it means a lot, and um, I'm very, very lucky that we've had a song that has been able to do that.
been listening to Sound As Ever, an Australian Music Vault podcast produced by RMIT Music Industry students Jack Cross, Ethan Bryant, and Jamison Clark. Interviews from journalism students Spencer Fowler-Steen, Edward McLeish, and Stephen Otani, alongside sound design by Angelina Crutchfield.